So welcome back to Wealth in Christ podcast. Today I have the pleasure of having my own pastor, Pastor Kumi Kumi Brown, who is also a real estate investor. And today we're going to talk about how far his real estate journey has been so far. So thank you for being here, Pastor Kumi. Thank you, Brother Dami. God bless you. We're so proud of you. Wealth in Christ is on its way, is moving, yeah. moving high. Um, you know, nice sweater, by the way. Nice sweater. Thank I love you. the sweater. Thank you. Thank you. you know, um, I'm really proud of you, proud of you and the great work that, you know, God is doing through you. So keep it up. Uh, the Holy Spirit will continue to lead you in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah. Just to get started. So how, how has faith play a role for you in terms of investing? How's faith play a role for you? Well, you know, as a, as a believer, you know, anything that we do, right, we, uh, we want to run it through God. We want to pass God through it. We want God to have a hand in it, right, as believers. Um, you know, the Bible in so many scriptures, so many different ways lets us know that, uh, in so many different scriptures lets us know that, you know, we should, we should put God first in all things, you know. Um, you know, and when we put him first, the Bible lets us know that all other things, you know, he will, he will put them in place for us. So God has a system of order. Uh, where he um, he leads us and he guides us uh, in all the things that we want to do. So one of the things that God wants us to do is he wants us to invest. He wants us to be involved in business and in, be involved in uh, industry. He, he likes that thing, right? He doesn't necessarily just want us to be in church all day, every day. He wants us to go out and make something of ourselves. He wants us to go out and produce things. He wants to, he wants an opportunity, a for different platforms for faith to work, right? Does that make sense, yeah, right? Makes, so, yeah. so, so it's not just being in church. Being in church is the easy part. But if you can go out and get involved in business, get involved in different uh, types of ventures that he's placed upon your heart to, to do, and he's able to use that platform for his glory, well, then that's great. That's what he wants. So he, pl he places different... Um, uh, 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 appetites for different types of things on our hearts, just like he's given you this platform. This is not necessarily the church, right? This is a, this is a, a different ad hoc platform, but it's a way to get his word out, right? Through business and things of that sort. So, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 21 verse five, it says, it says the plans of the diligent leads to profit as surely uh, as haste leads to poverty. So, so, so God wants us to be diligent planners, right? So, so this, this is what I've thought of, um, you know, uh, when it comes down to little investments that I've made and different things that I've done, you know, I've always asked the Lord to put his hands on what I do. I, I want to be led by the spirit of God to do whatever it is that I want to do. I hope that answers your question. I, it, I, I took the, 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 the long route, but that I hope that does. answers your question. That does. Um, so for the audience, how long have you been doing real estate investing for? So, so I was, so first of all, I was in real estate for, um, uh, just worked in real estate for about five, six years. I, I was a real estate, uh, um, agent. Um, and that's where I really, I got to learn everything, all, all of the, uh, uh, you know, just, just all the ins and outs, uh, about real estate, you know, uh, and I, and I, and I made, um, uh, an investment by God's grace. And, um, it was a good, good investment and was able to pull out also able to, you know, advise some friends on, um, different types of things to do. 
So it, it's been it's been a long time. It's been, it's been more than it hasn't been twenty years, but it's been <laughs> it's been sure it's been more than ten years. Let's just put it like that. So it's been a while that I've been you know uh, involved in the in the area of real estate. Good. So for most people that may you know they first time listening to you, how do you balance ministry and investing and all the different hats you wear? How do you balance that? I mean, you know. Again, uh, everything we put, we place in God's hands. So first of all, we have to ask God to help us to be organized. And that's one of the things I pray for all the time. That Lord, help me to be organized. God gives us different ideas, different visions, different things to do, but we must be organized. You know, I'm a father. Uh, I'm a husband. Um, I, I'm someone that's interested in investment. You know, in fact, I, I was interested, I, I was looking into... Um, uh, some homes just last week and I called, you know, an investor that I know and I wanted to see if he wanted to to get involved, but I did it with my wife. You know, we did it together. You know, we got some advice from that investor who's who's a little bit more seasoned than we are. Um, so, so, so personally, what I do is um, I keep my wife involved in everything that I do. I don't just do any do things by myself. If I get an idea, I try to sell it to my wife. If I can't sell the idea to my wife, well, then it's probably not going anywhere, right? <laughs> but most times I'm able to sell my idea to my wife. Then we go out and we try to, you know, um, consult who we need to consult to try to get it done. And um, if we're able to, um, to, to to get it, you know, to, to, to move forward with it, then we thank God. And, and if not, it's okay. So this last investment, personally, I'll share with you that I was looking into last week, you know, we were advised by my, um, by, uh, the investor that I was working with that I trust very much that, you know what, this isn't the right time, but there's another investment that we're going to, that we're going to go into that, you know, uh, maybe in the next year or two, you know, makes more sense. So, so, so that's how I balance, if I could be honest. Um, but, but even before that, we always ask the Lord, we ask God, father, lead us. We don't want to just follow our flesh. Sometimes we see ideas and ideas come our way and we want to go. It's like, you know, go, no, Always remember to stop and ask the Lord, you know, God, is this something you want me to be involved in? Lots of people could have saved themselves loads of heartaches, you know, low, because everything looks good at the beginning. Everything looks like a great, everything is a great opportunity, right? <laughs> but then, um, but then, you know, uh, if we ask the Lord for guidance, he somehow opens our eyes up. So that's how I balance. I ask the Lord to to, you know, help me, you know, my ministry is very, very important. You know, my, my, my service to the Lord is very, very important to me. That's, that's like, you know, that and my family is the number one thing, everything else God will add, you know, and he's been good. He's been diligent. He's been helpful. So, yeah. Okay. So what would you say is the best way for someone to get their feet wet in real estate that's looking out from the outside to get their feet wet? Uh, you know, if you want to get your feet, your feet wet, wet, uh, I think you should do just like you did. You did a couple of months ago, um, you know, reach out to people that are involved in real estate or whatever business it is you're, you're interested in, ask them questions. Then there's nothing that beats reading, you know, read. Um, there's a wealth of knowledge, you know, you know, you know, behind the cover of a book. You know, if you read some, some books on real estate, people that have been successful, uh, they love to share their story. They love to share their highs and their lows, how they, how they did well, how they failed. You know, failure is not a, a bad thing to talk about when you've uh, succeeded. 
you know? So people are not afraid to talk about their failures if they're no longer in the realm of failure. So it's good to hear those testimonies. Even when you venture out and you have, you know, you may try something and it doesn't work, you know? Uh, even our failures, you know, are valuable. You know, a failure doesn't mean that it's over for you. Failure just means, you know what? You need to take a, a new route. That's not the proper route, you know? Um, but again, but, but, but again, before all of that, you know, ask the Lord for the leadership, ask the Lord to, 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 to help you. So the way to get your feet wet um, is to really just start reading, start asking questions, start talking to people that are involved in whatever it, business it is or industry that you're into. You know, I, I would say do that. Another thing that you can do is talk to brokers. Brokers are people that uh, actually uh, own the real, a real estate office. You know, go sit down and um, interview a broker and talk to a broker about what it, you know, uh, you know, what, what real estate entails, you know, uh, either as an investor or as a real estate agent or whatever the case may be, a broker is going to be able to help you or a real estate agent. You want to talk to someone that's seasoned though. A broker in most cases is, is pretty seasoned and, um, has, ha, you know, has agents underneath them. Um, so, so someone like that is probably well seasoned and can give you very good advice. That's great. That's great. So my next question, what makes a good deal? What makes you get into a deal versus not, you know, you pull out, you know, you spoke about, you know, you have to sell the idea to your wife, but after you do that, what makes you like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead, you know, sign the contract and, oh, okay, this is not it for me. Um, so, so, you know, things have to make sense, right? Things have to line up. First of all, you know, you want, you want the price to be right, right? You want the right price. Um, uh, you want to have a plan for how you're going to pay the mortgage, right? You have to have a, a, a reasonable plan for how you're going to pay the mortgage. Uh, one of the things that I, that I would advise people to do is to make sure that they have um, that, you know, if you're making, a, if it's a first time investment that you don't buy a very expensive place, um, also you need to make sure you put down a good down payment. You know, I'm going to, you know, probably mention these things a little bit later, but, um, uh, so, so you want to make sure that, you know, your, your payments are right, are affordable. If it's a, if it's a property that you're looking to rent, you need to know that, all right, you know, um, I'm going to rent this property out. Uh, but if the case comes that, uh, someone cannot, or my tenant cannot afford to pay the mortgage, can I? afford to pay the mortgage. You know, I had a property where um, uh, a person, uh, a, a tenant that I had, you know, didn't pay the mortgage for about five months, right? So if your mortgage is not paid four months in a row that you are considered to be in pre-foreclosure. Um, so you, 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 you have to be very, very careful. At that point, the bank sees, you know, sees you as, you know, uh, someone that's probably not going to be able to catch up, right? So you still have to be able to pay the mortgage. So you have to, you have, to have a plan in place that helps you uh, and, 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 and have some money stashed away in case your tenants don't do the right thing or cannot afford to do the right thing. Right now, you know, we're in the midst of COVID-19. And in New York, you know, the, um, you know, the governor um, has, I, I don't know if it's still seized up right now, but I believe that, you know, he uh, stopped everything in the courts in regards to tenants being able to, uh, I'm sorry, landlords being able to go after tenants for, um, right. for, for paying their rent. So, 
really the truth is that if a tenant is sitting in a home, you know, during this COVID time and not paying, they're not paying. And guess what? Your mortgage company is like this. <laughs> you know, on the 30th of the month, yeah, or the first of the month, they're still waiting for payment to come in. So you have to be, you have to make plan. I've had tenants, any, any landlord will tell, every landlord has had an op, a, cha, a time where, you know, if they've been a landlord for at least five years, they, you've had a time where somebody didn't pay you. Everybody's been through it, right? You have to prepare for that because um, you don't want to end up in foreclosure in that property. And you don't want um, to end up in a situation where, um, you know, you lose your investment. So well, you, you, you've got to prepare. Yeah. Oh, that's that's definitely a, a handful. Um, so I guess, what you would you say is the best strategy to avoid, you know, foreclosure? You know, especially in terms of investment, because you know now especially in COVID, people are not paying. Them. So what would you say is the best way to repair? Well, first of all, pay your mortgage. <laughs> but but second of all, you know, landlords um, have to be very 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 uh, responsible, you know, so, um, you, you need to have a nest egg. You need to have, you know, some money in the bank that will cover you in the case that, uh, you're not able to pay. So this is the reason why, um, if a person wants to buy a second home, right? So let's say you already own a home and you want to buy a second property for, uh, to rent, um, <clears throat> The mortgage company right now, mortgage uh, companies right now uh, are asking for at least 15% down, 15 to 20%. Uh, the last mortgage guy I spoke to last week told me 25%. Wow. So if you, so that means that if you are buying a $400,000 property, they want you to put down $100,000, right? That's 25%. Why? Because the risk is greater. If I buy a property... Right. If, if I, I already live in my home. Right. And I buy a property, a second property. Uh, the truth is that uh, what the bank understands is that my uh, my initial investment is what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to make sure that the roof stays over my head. Now, that second investment, if I can't afford it, the 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 the, the odds are greater that you know, I would just throw that away or the, or the, the owner would just let that go and let that mortgage go off into default. So the mortgage company wants you to uh, put down as put down a large amount of money. If you put down a large sum of money, the odds on you, you know, walking away from that investment becomes very, very low. So it, it's tough right now to go out and buy um, a second property. You know, you have to put down a large amount of money in order to do it, but you can do it. You can take the money out of your, out of your initial investment, out of your, your property, you know, and for those that really stick to it, 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 it it's really the way to build wealth. It's really the way to, to, to build wealth. Um, um, when I was in real estate school, I shared this with a few people. Uh, when I was in real estate school back in 2004, right? Just a couple years ago, not too long ago. Um, there was a bit, my, the, the, uh, the professor out in Long Island that taught the class, he had this big mural on his wall, huge mural. And the mural said, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. And, you know, he was teaching us how to be real estate agents, but that was 
that was a message for people that want to be an investor in real estate, you know? Um, so it's good to go out and buy. It's good to go out and buy, but you, you have to be responsible and you have to prepare uh, yourself for the rainy day. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that answers your question. It does. So, I mean, to, just to um, tag along to that, would you say, is there ever a great time to invest in the markets? You know, the, the, the best times to, uh, to invest in the market is honestly, uh, I would say is the time where, where it is a buyer's market. So right now in New York, it is a seller's market. Sellers are getting a tremendous amount of money for their homes. So this isn't necessarily the best time to buy because prices are on the high side. Uh, people are coming in from the city because they're, they no longer wanna be in the city anymore because everything is so tight because of the coronavirus. And they're going out to places like Long Island, Connecticut, New Jersey, they're purchasing right now. So those sellers, you know, those sellers are in a good position. So right now it is a seller's market. That means that uh, the real estate market is in favor of the seller right now. So when this, so, so the person that wants to sell will probably get their asking price or maybe even more, they can get even more, you know, than their asking price, depending on how desirable their area is or how desirable their um, property is. Um, but, but, but the, the market always changes, you know, eventually it'll change and things will slow down and then it'll eventually become a buyer's market. Right. And, um, and when it's a buyer's market, that means that there aren't a lot of buyers, there aren't a lot of buyers out there. Right. So then you have sellers kind of struggling to sell their properties. Sellers like that are probably usually willing to negotiate and willing to come down a bit, willing to, you know, prices now slow down. They're not as expensive. You know, the, 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 the price push is not as, um, is not as, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, aggressive, right? So it's, 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 so there may be some room for negotiation right now. There isn't much room for negotiation. Sellers are saying, I want $500,000 for my house and people, and like multiple people are coming and saying, wanting to pay 500,000 for their house. So, so last year I sold my condo. I had, a, I had a condo and I put it on the market and I got multiple, multiple, uh, like the day, maybe like the next day I put it on the market. I got multiple full price offers. So, so, so I was in a position where I was choosing the best deal, you know, who, who looks more qualified Right. So I got a, I got, um, a, you know, I got a full price offer, you know, on my property immediately. That doesn't always happen. That doesn't always happen. I, I took advantage of the seller's market. The market was in my advantage. So I sold, I got full price. I got exactly what I asked for. So, um, but again, the opposite exists when it is a buyer's market. So I would say that the best time for anyone that wants to make a purchase is to wait till it's a buyer's market, wait till things settle down. When things settle down, sellers will be in more of a position to negotiate with you and to work with you on price. That, that's definitely great. Um, so what makes a great property? Are you more like, you know, buying your rehab or like what makes a great property for you? Right, so, so the properties that I've purchased, I've rehabbed my properties, you know, my condo, my house, you know, I've, I've, 
uh, fix them all up. So I, I believe that, um, you know, it, it depends, right? Because if you buy a property to rehab, you have to have money to be able to rehab it. You have to have money to be able to fix it up, right? But what's good about that is that, you know, uh, you probably get a very, very good price. You know, you get a good price on your property. So, um, I, I, you know, but everybody's situation is different. Everybody is not in a position to, uh, to, to rehab a property, to fix up a property. Some people don't even know how, don't, you know, they don't even know who to call. Um, but listen, if you can buy a property that you can, you can buy for cheap and fix it up, you know, you can win that way. Um, if you also just find a good property and you find a good price and you can afford it and everything is already in place, that's good too. It really depends on what, uh, what your, uh, personal situation is, you know, what you are able to actually, uh, do, you know? So, um, me, I love rehabs. I love to go in, buy, buy, buy low, go in, fix it up. It's nothing for me to do that, but I've done that before. I've been around people that have done that. There are people that have not done that before. There's nothing wrong with going in, you know, buying something that's in moving ready condition. That is a, that is a decent price. You go in and you do that. Right. But, but, but an investor will tell you that they would love to buy cheap and go in, do some minor fixing up or even some major fixing up. And that puts them in the position where they have equity in the property. And that's what you always want. That's what every seller wants. That's what every owner wants is equity in their property. You buy your property for 500,000, right? But at, at, at the top of its game, and I'm just using that number, right? Um, you buy your property at 500,000, but, uh, but if the property is in the best shape, it's worth 650. Ah, oh, that's good. So you bought it for 500, you spend $50,000 to fix it up, to get it to where you want it to be. Now you're in 550 and your property is worth 650. So now you just made yourself $100,000 in profit. That is how investors think, right? That's how they think, right? That's a simple way, simple numbers, uh, but don't be intimidated by those numbers. You know, maybe 300,000 is where you start. That's fine. You know, that's fine. I bought my, my first property for 150,000 dollars, you know, and, um, but it was worth $212,000. That's how, that's a great way to buy. You want to be able to, you know, um, uh, have some equity in your purchase. So I hope that answers. Yeah, that definitely does. Um, yeah, I have a lot of questions that can ask. Um, I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, uh, so how, how important is credit, you know, oh. in terms of investing in real estate investing? So, yeah, so so credit is very important. It's very, very important to have, you know, good and decent credit. Um, the higher your credit score is, the lower your interest rate is. So your 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 interest rate is super, super duper important, makes a big difference in what your payments are gonna be. Two people can buy the same property. Uh, let me give you an example, just pulling this out of the sky. Two people can buy the, a, a property for the same price and go to the same mortgage company, one guy could be paying $3,000 a month, another guy could be paying $4,000 a month for the same property, same price, same everything, just because of your credit score. So credit is very, very important. It's good to have um, a very decent credit score. One of the things you wanna do is you wanna make sure that you control your bills. There are, there are, some, there are some bills that we have that uh, let's just say the credit bureaus respect. 
And there are some bills that we have that the credit bureaus do not respect. So school loans is something that the credit bureaus, you know, if you're paying it on, on time, even if it's a lot, they'll, they, they, they still, they, they, they see that as good debt, right? Because you invested in yourself. Credit bureaus don't see things like credit card bills as good debt. They don't see that. That's not considered to be good debt. That's considered, they, they watch your pattern and they determine if you are a responsible um, uh, person when it comes down to credit cards or not. You know, so if, uh, if you're always close to your limit or maxing your limit or have gone over your limit, that is going to dramatically bring down your credit score because they're going to say that you're not managing your debt well, right? If, but if you have a credit card, you know, if you have, because, because the credit bureaus want to see some type of, um, they want to, they want, they need to see some kind of um, uh, movement in your credit. If you have a small credit card with, with some small debt on it, right, and you're paying it, and they see you paying it, they, they see that you're managing it, you know, that can uh, raise your credit score. But if you can have no credit cards, that's great. And just school loans, that's great. That's awesome. Your credit score will be will be high. You know, your, your credit score will be great. So, so I'm not a credit expert, right? But there are some things that I've learned, you know, through my own, um, through my own uh, uh, experience. Uh, you know, you want to keep your debt low. Like me and my wife, all we really have are student loans and our mortgage. That's it. Even car loans, we try, we, we, we try to knock it out quickly because if an opportunity for an investment comes up, the, the bank is going to consider what I'm paying towards a car loan. They're going to consider it and, the, and, and, and that can offset your debt to income ratio. And, and that can be, that can be a, um, a, a reason as to why you are qualified or disqualified from getting a, a loan. So, so things like that, you know, uh, car loans and things like that, unless you have a very, and, and different people have different opinions about this, but if you have a very, very low interest rate and there's nothing that you're looking to do, in my opinion, it's okay to keep a, to keep a car loan. That's my opinion. If you have a very, very low interest rate, but, but the truth is that any debt you want to chop, you want to get rid of it. You, you want to get rid of it. You want to get rid of it as, as quickly as you can. Right. So any debt, right. Even your school loans, but the bank, but the banks, the, the credit bureaus consider you know, school loans and things like that to be good debt. A mortgage is good debt, right? But um, but at the truth, but at the end of the day, no debt is good debt. I hope that makes sense. Right. <laughs> I hope I'm not contradicting myself, right? No. But because there's some debts that we just have, we can't get rid of. But you want to know how yeah. does how how is it viewed, right? So your mortgage is considered good debt. That's responsible debt. It's like, all right, they're making their payments every month. You know, we get it. You bought a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar house. We get that. You can't just pay that off in, in five minutes, but at least you're making stride towards it. You're paying, you know, um, the, the banks respect that kind of debt. The credit bureaus respect that kind of debt, but credit cards here and there, they're out of control. You know, you're using one credit, trying to use one credit card to pay off another credit card. Uh, 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 they're going to catch that. They're going to see that. And um, it's going to, it's going to reflect on your credit score. So you want a high credit score to get a low interest rate to purchase a home. That makes sense. Um, so just going back to something you said earlier, you're talking about like you had a deal and you went to investors. So how, how often do you partner? Or how do you go about partnering with people in a real estate deal? Yeah, you know, so over time, you know, you, you meet people um, and there's some people that have done well, 
you know, um, for instance, like uh, my my old broker, um, he had a he had a uh, a deal with all the the um, the uh, sales reps in the in the real estate office, and his deal was that look, if you find a property that is a, that you think is a good deal, tell me about it, and let's look at it. What he would do is he would go and he has a he had a lot of cash. So say the property is $400,000. He would go in and buy the property full cash. He'll buy it, right? Let's say the property is in bad condition. He'll buy it full cash. And um, it, but, but if the property is at its best potential, let's say it's worth 600,000, right? So that's a, there's a lot of equity in there, right? So there's $200,000 of equity. So what he said he would do is, he said he would buy it. He said we would, go and he would fix everything in there. And then whatever the profit is after selling the property would be split in half between yourself and him. So that's, that, that's, that's amazing. So that's how, yeah, that's how investors work. That's one way that an investor works. So that was my old, uh, uh, invest, uh, broker. I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but I've got a few friends like that. I've got a few buddies out there that, um, you know, can, you know, work with you to, to do things. You can go in and partner with them, but you know, um, uh, you know, that, that's something that you don't, you don't just jump in with anyone. You, you, you do things like that with people that, you know, you, you know, and that you can trust and that you already have built a rapport. My, my broker, was a very, very, you know, solid guy and I could work with him, you know, and we were able to do one or two things like that, you know? So, um, so that's a way, that's a way, right? So he, he took, he took on the burden. So it was my job to manage the property though. Right. But, but now to, to, to actually get him to agree to a property was tough because it's not like he just went and just, you know, was it willing to buy any property? He had to see that, listen, this is going to make sense. He's putting $400,000 of his dollars down. He's not borrowing the money. He's actually using his cash. So he expects to get that back and some. So we end up doing something like, you know, fixing up the property for like $100,000, right? And then everything else, you know, ends up being like, you know, you know, split in half. So what he does is he pays himself back the hundred thousand dollars, right? So uh, he spent a hundred thousand. So he bought bought the property for four hundred thousand, spent a hundred thousand dollars to fix it, right? And then whatever's left is split 50-50. So that's how he worked, which was great, which was great. Everybody loved that. Everybody loved that. But he didn't go, you know, uh, every time somebody found a property, buying it. Even some good deals, he said no because. Maybe he just didn't feel it in his heart to make that investment, you know? So it wasn't so easy to, to, to get him to do, but yeah, he, he did do that. So that's how, that's a good, that's one example of how you can work with a broker. That's good. So what or, is or an investor. Oh, no problem. So what would, would be your goal in the end to, in terms of real estate? Your big goal, if you have any. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think so, 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 <laughs> um, it's, it's good to own. It's good to, to hold on, uh, to own, you know, real estate uh, and have something to pass on to your children. Hopefully, you know, if they, you know, you help them, you teach them to appreciate and understand the rules of how real estate uh, works. But I'll say this, um, 
on the land that we live on, right? The land, there is no more land being produced. So all that there is, is what we have. But the amount of people that are being born is, is so much. So there, there, if you notice, if you go to New York City, there's a lot of buildings that are going up, like they're building upwards because so many people want to be there, right? And the, 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 the real estate investors, uh, you know, are, are responding to that by trying to create opportunity for more people to live there. So that is called demand. There's a demand for people to, uh, to live in the city or to live in a certain place. So because of that demand, demand drives up price, right? So, so, so my advice in a nutshell after saying that is definitely my uh, objective is to own, real, own more real estate, um, be able to pass real estate on to my, to my kids and also be able to live off of the properties that I own, you know, live off of it. So that means that, you know, if I have a property or a multi-unit fat property that um, I'm collecting uh, $6,000 a month on, my bills are $3,000 a month. Uh, that means I have an extra $3,000 a month that I could live on, right? But I have to be wise with that money because remember, when, if, when, if any of my tenants stop paying, Right, that's going to affect my bottom line. But that is cash. That is cash flow. That's money that you're you're making. Right? Uh, there are people that do dozens of things like that. They have many investments like that. Guess what? Those people don't have to go to work every day. They just manage their real estate investments, and they get to live off of the tenants' money, off of the money that they make from their tenants, from their properties. So, so that's a goal for me. That's something that I would like to do. I would like to live off of you know my investments you know, and, um, and that will give me freedom to do some other things. That's good. Um, one quick question. So you talk about, is it better to invest into multifamilies or singles family? So I think that what as a good, good question. So let me give you two different scenarios, right? It, it really depends on what you have the heart to do. I have buddies that did some things that I wish I did. Right. I have a couple of buddies that bought multi-unit family properties, but it was really tough for them to 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 pay. So what they did is they they lived in the basement, they rented the top floor, then they rented the second floor. So say it's like a two-family house, they lived in the basement, their uh, one tenant lived on the top floor, another tenant lived on this on the next floor. Guess what? They had they everything was paid. They were living for free in their own basement, right? So that is a tactic. That's a way that you can take, right? To own your own property. But everybody is not cut out for that type of life. Because now, now you're going into your property, your house, and you're living with your tenants and you have to manage that. But the, the payoff for those guys is that they literally had no mortgage because the mortgage that the money that they were receiving from the two top floors was paying their entire mortgage, right? I didn't do that. I went and I bought a single family home, my, my, well, well, my first property was a, was a condominium. I bought that to rent, but my home that I live in, you know, I bought a single family home and I wanted to live by myself. So I pay the whole mortgage by myself, right? So most people would take that route. Uh, so if you're going to take that route, I would say, look for um, something cheap. Uh, there's a couple of things I would say, I actually wrote a few things down here. I would say, you know, do, do not let your emotions lead you. Don't be led by your emotions when you want to make a, a purchase. Don't be led by your emotions. You know, do what makes sense, right? Don't fall in love with a house and just have to have it. Let the numbers make sense, 
let the numbers make sense. The numbers don't, don't end up in a situation. The numbers must make sense. Then you need to do your research, right? Do your research on the neighborhood, right? The type of neighborhood you live in um, also uh, will determine, you know, how the um the the property of the, the the property value will go up if you live in a good neighborhood more than likely your property value will go up because people want to live in good neighborhoods uh if you choose a neighborhood that's not so great it doesn't mean that the value won't go up but you you are aware so whatever so i'm not saying you, you shouldn't live in a good neighborhood or not live in a good neighborhood just know where you're living and understand you know the rate in which the value in that neighborhood increases right um, then the next thing is, you know, secure a down payment, you know, make sure that, you know, you have a decent down payment, something to put down, right? There's, there's FHA. I'm, I don't, I'm, I have nothing against FHA. Plenty of people start off with FHA. Um, and then some people do conventional, right? FHA with FHA in New York, at least I know. Um, and in a couple of other states, you get to put down three and a half percent. And um, you stay under a certain amount and then you get to purchase your, your, your property. I believe under, the last time I checked, it was like under 550 or something like that. But that's probably going up now because in New York, you know, the prices of homes are so expensive. Um, so, um, so yeah, so secure a down payment, right? Um, and then if, if it's conventional, you may have to put down a little bit more, um, but, uh, but there'll be no... Um, there'll be no uh, insurance that you have to pay, right? So when you do FHA, you have to pay an insurance every month on your mortgage and that insurance protects the bank in case you default because you put down such a low uh, down payment. So they're, not, so they're not sure. They're like, well, look, he put down a low down payment, 3.5% is very low. You know, if, if he gets hit with hard times, it's easy for him to walk away from the property. So that insurance, so they, they put um, an insurance on your mortgage uh, that causes you to have to, that you pay every month that protects them in case you walk away from the property. Um, then the next thing is, you know, select the lowest homes, the lowest priced homes, you know, for your investment. When you purchase, you know, don't go for the most, don't go for the $700,000 homes. Be careful. You don't want to get, you know, get in uh, over your head. Go for something that's more reasonable, maybe in the 300s. I'm talking about New York now. So mm -hmm. uh, different places, you know, you make the determination. But in New York, a $300,000 home is cheap, right? But you go to places like Atlanta, $300,000 is, is, is quite a bit of money. Um, but in New York, it's, 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 it's on the lower end. So, you know, you want to look for something. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, you want to pay your debt, you know, pay your debt so that you're, your um, your credit is good, and not only so your credit is good, but so that you know you're not choked with a whole bunch of payments on the thirtieth of the month or the first of the month. You know, you 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 want your money to be free. If you have a thousand different debts, then your then your your money is not free, and then you know you're tied up. You can't do too much, right? So the way to be able to be free from that is to pay off your debts, and that's actually really good to do before you get into owning a property because before you own a property, you potentially have the money to pay down, pay down those debts. So make a plan for yourself and get your debt down low and work with um, a financial advisor or work with someone that you know knows, uh, that's qualified to advise you on how to get rid of your debt. And, um, and someone like that will you know, be able to advise you properly and uh, give you a plan that helps you, you know, start at point A and get to point B and, you know, uh, have accomplished your goal of 
getting rid of your debt. Now that frees you up to do bigger and greater things. I hope that. That's good. Thank you. you gotta remember, I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I I I I uh, I like to go into deep explanation, but I hope that you know that helps someone. Yes, thank you very much, Pastor Kumi. It was definitely a pleasure to spend time with you. Um, any closing words um, in regards to real estate or price um, that you want to? Sure, sure. Um, you know, um, again, thank you, Brother Dami, for inviting me. Um, you know, uh, to to be on this platform. Uh, the, the, the one thing that's more important than anything that we've discussed is that, you know, put Christ first in everything. God, uh, God has a way of leading us. He's already told us in his word that he would, he wouldn't leave us nor forsake us and that he would lead us in all things that if we put him first, that all these other things will be added onto us. So, so, um, real estate is another thing, you know, um, uh, investments are other things, but if we put him first, he will lead us and guide us in our investments and make us successful. You know, uh, so God is the one God holds success. The Bible says that elevation does not come from the East or from the West. It comes from the Lord, right? So it's not, it's not our good planning and good thinking that really makes us successful. It's really, really the Lord, you know, that has the power to make us successful and keep us successful. So I, I would just advise everyone to, to, um, you know, put him first, right? And then, and then after you put him first, you know, do your own personal homework in whatever type of investment you want to do, whether it be real estate, whether it be in the stock market, uh, uh, whether it be in certain types of businesses, uh, whatever it may be, whatever your craft is that, you know, is heavy on your heart to do, you know, go to the Lord first and he will certainly lead you and guide you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Kumi. It was a pleasure. I hope those who are listening do enjoy this podcast episode. Thank you, Pastor Kumi. Awesome. Thank you, Brother Dami. Great job. God bless you. And nice sweater again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Take care.